Hey everybody, it's Clint. I'm back for another episode of a Run and Thought podcast. It's been a little bit longer than I intended to break between these, but um, life has a tendency of getting in the way or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's been a while. Um, not a whole lot going on. I've been back out on the trails, which is good. Uh, I was actually out on the trail yesterday, the usual one up by the waterfalls. I pretty much run that um, almost every day. Um, but anyways, uh, there's chickens everywhere is the point of this whole story. And so uh, yesterday I was as I was pulling up, um, so let me first kind of describe the area. So I live close to, I live and work. Um, close to, so, okay, so let me start over. So I live near and work in a place in Hawaii called Hilo. Um, it's a, I guess it's one of the two big cities, if you want to call it, um, a big city uh, on the island of Hawaii. And I work up a road called Waianui Nui Avenue, and up that road towards the end, there's uh, well, there's actually several places that you can visit waterfalls. So, I think the the most downslope one is uh, Rainbow Falls, and you go up a little bit more, and there's boiling pots, and then if you go up a little bit more, um, there's the start of a, a trail. Um, I would say it's unmaintained. It's not kind of an official trail. I don't really actually know who owns the property. I think part of it's owned by the Department of Watershed Management. And then I think the other part is um, private property or, or uh, management area or something like that. I don't know. But everybody in their mama goes up to this place, um, which is another story that I, I can tell at another time or later or whatever. But uh, anyway, uh, if you go up a little further from the, I guess, trailhead of where I usually run, there is another place that's off on the right-hand side. Uh, you go down a residential neighborhood, there's an old radio station, and then um, you'll run into the river. Uh, one more time, it's the Wailuku River that kind of runs through Hilo and out to the sea. Um, but anyways, I was going up to this trail. I like to run back there because um, there's most of the time you'll see a few people um, or more than a few people, depending on what day you go. But um, most of the time you'll see a few people between the start of the trail and up to the waterfalls, the first kind of main um, main part that people go to, I guess. But you can keep on going up uh, after that, and it, it goes on up for probably f four or five, four miles, I think, after you get to the part where 
the rest of the people just kind of drop off or linger at these waterfalls. Uh, I, I don't mean that they drop off the waterfall. I mean, they, they go hang out at the waterfalls. They drop off the, the trail. So in other words, you're unencumbered for probably the next four miles and then your return trip back down. Um, you, you might see pigs, uh, wild hogs, or you might see people hunting the hogs. I don't know if they're supposed to be. Um, that's really none of my business is how I look at it. But um, anyways, I was going up to this trail and um, there's always chickens that hang around. Hang on one second. Sorry about that. I had to stop and get um, some water. Anyways, um, there's always chickens that hang around at the place where you park. The place that you park is just kind of, uh, I don't even, I wouldn't even call it gravel. It's just a place on the side of a paved road that has been parked on so many times that now I think it's worn down to the underlying lava rock. They may have thrown some gravel on top of it, um, but I, I really can't. I really can't say one more or the other. My memory's not that good. Um, but anyways, I'm, I'm going up to park and there's always chickens in this one area. Uh, first of all, if you've never been to Hawaii, there's chickens pretty much everywhere that you go. Um, I'll post some pictures up on the site uh, either tonight or tomorrow, probably tomorrow. But um, there's chickens everywhere. And this particular place is no exception. So I'm going to park yesterday and there's uh, this chicken that's trying to get across the road. And so, you know, I, I maybe I've got um, a soft spot. Uh, I couldn't keep going. I had to stop and let this chicken get across the road. And not only would I have stopped just in general for a chicken, but this one in particular, I had to like kind of feel sorry for, I guess, um, because the it was hobbling across the road, but it was kind of hobbling in a fashion where I couldn't really tell if it was wanting to cross the road or if it was wanting to stand in the road, if it was unsure, if it was going to turn back. Um, or if it was going to keep going across. So um, the, the other part of this that's pretty important is the chicken, the gait of the chicken, you could tell that it was definitely injured. So it was hobbling and uh, the, the hobble was almost if, um, as if half of the chicken's lower body was not working. So it's, I'm not making fun of the chicken, but it was, uh, interesting and, um, kind of, I guess it wasn't really sad to watch. Cause I think, I think it was managing, you know, but, um, this chicken, uh, is hobbling across the road and there's a truck coming in the opposite direction and I'm sitting there watching it. Um, hoping that it doesn't get run over right before my very eyes because, um, Again, if you are not, uh, if you don't live in Hawaii, um, or you've never visited, sometimes people in big trucks, uh, I don't want to stereotype, but 
Sometimes people in big trucks don't slow down for small animals. We'll just put it that way. Um, so this, this truck's coming down, the chicken's standing there, the suspense is building. It's trying to like kind of figure out, I think, hang on one second. Okay, sorry. I had to um, sneeze. All right, I thought I had to sneeze, and then um, I also had to get some more water. Uh, but anyways, okay, so uh, chicken trying to get across the road, truck coming. Um, I'm sitting there hoping that it's not going to get splattered um, right before my very eyes. So the chicken's hobbling across the road. Um, it eventually decides to come across to my lane, narrowly avoiding being run over by the approaching pickup truck. Um, it, that truck did not slow down, by the way. It would have totally run that chicken over without uh, any thought whatsoever. Uh, but the chicken managed to get it across, get itself across the road. And um, so as I, sorry, as I uh, tend to do um, while I was on my run, I'm, okay, so this went to a really bad place. I don't, I don't think about chickens while I'm on my run, but I I do tend to think about um, things just in general. And so the, that um, that chicken was kind of the last thing that uh, I guess was really pressing on my mind before I started off. And so uh, I think I think I did a seven miler yesterday. I can't remember. It's posted up on the site and from my Strava feed. But anyways, I'm thinking about this chicken. Think about, you know, what to name this chicken. Um, Willie Nelson comes to mind uh, for no particular reason other than I just like Willie Nelson. I'm thinking, well, you know, um, I, hopefully I mentioned that the chicken made it across the road. I think I did. Um, and the chicken was fine uh, even when I came back to my truck after the run. So apparently it's sustaining, but uh, I digress. Back to um, the Willie Nelson thing. So I'm thinking Willie Nelson, cool name, because I like Willie Nelson and, um, you know, whatever. But then I'm thinking, well, the chicken only works on half of its body, kind of. It's hobbling along right now um, as if half of its body is broken. So why not just call it a half Nelson? And so that's the nickname that I'm going to give it. And every time I see it, then I'll know that that's half Nelson. Um, conveniently enough, if the chicken does recover, then um, it can be dubbed full Nelson. And um, I'm, I'm not making this up. I really did see a chicken. This is not just um, kind of a masterful um, story that I've contrived to make up a, a joke. I think that it probably sounds that way um but more than that i think probably nobody really cares either way but yeah so the chicken as of now half nelson um hopefully full nelson before long um uh, but yeah on to i guess more interesting things so if you're still here thanks for listening uh sorry to put you through that story um so I guess I'll jump into, I got a call 
or I called someone, they requested that I call them um, to talk about just a couple things, just a couple simple things about running. This is a person that I believe um, has, well, I believe, this is a person that rode um, road bikes for a pretty good while and then I, I think dropped off or at least dropped off Strava for a little bit so I don't know how active they've been with actually um, road biking but they were kind of making a, for a foray into running and so I didn't really ever get excuse me I didn't really ever get um, specifics on whether they were going into road running or trail running um, hopefully they're they're going into the latter uh, because that's my favorite i i do kindly tend to believe that um, people and uh, roads don't mix so people don't belong on roads with cars um, some people some folks may disagree some runners and and uh, definitely bikers would probably disagree but um I don't know the the end result of that equation just is often is too often disaster often enough that I I don't really like to run on roads but enough of my opinion uh, on that so this person was trying to to start running and had noticed that they were having um, a lot of pain I guess in their calf. And they also mentioned that they had been um, striking with their heel. And so I, I'm kind of foggy. I really don't know for sure um, where that, um, that form kind of started. But, I, I mean, I know that I used to think that um, runners should... Uh, go from heel to toe like I had heard that several times from several people heel to toe nice and easy and such um, I can say with 100% certainty that for me at least striking with um, the forefoot and toes and then kind of moving back into the heel um, works a lot better for me I have far less injuries when I do that far less painful feelings um i can't even imagine striking with uh, my heel it would be so unnatural for me at, at this point um but yeah and then i don't i don't think that i think that was pretty much the the only question but as i do i i tend to ramble so i i rambled on a couple other points um the other thing, and this is not a, pl a shameless plug, but um, uh, or shameless product placement, but I I pretty much exclusively run in ultras. Ever since I found them, I just kind of have stuck with them, and the reason being is that um, okay. So let me weigh this out a little bit. So. They're not incredibly durable shoes, or I'll, I'll say that all of their models aren't incredibly durable. Um, they're pretty durable. They'll, they'll last a little while, but it's like nothing to get excited about. What I like about them is uh, 
the toe box and the shape of the toe box on most of their shoe models and how it lets my foot, which is a little, I guess, chunkier, um, it's kind of wide. It lets my foot spread out a little bit, lets my toes spread out. I don't feel like, I don't feel crunched in like I have with other, um, with other shoe manufacturers. Um, even some shoes that were designed for ultra running. Uh, I, I, I like ultras a lot. And so I had recommended that, I had recommended them to this person. And so that kind of gets to, to where I'm going with this is um, talking to them who I kind of viewed as someone that, that is pretty serious and pretty knowledgeable as far as uh, road biking is concerned. Um, they still had some, some questions and needed some answers from, from me on a couple of um, specific things because they were just starting out and running. And I think that that is perfectly normal. Um, when I, even though I had run, you know, quite, I don't want to say quite a bit because I wasn't ever super serious about just running exclusively, but, um, during my time in the military, I didn't really have a choice. And, um, part of my escape also part of the way that I, I got away from everything was just to take, a kind of a daily run by myself, um, in the evening, um, just to have a mental escape, kind of like a, a moving meditation sort of period, which is also what I use running for now to uh, wittingly or unwittingly. Um, so yeah, questions are good. I had a lot of them when I started out and I think probably 100% of the injuries that I had when I started back running uh, I, th I think it's been seven years. It, it it seems like not that long, but I think it's actually been seven years ago since I started back running, I guess, um, seriously. So when I, when I did that, when I, or I guess when I started running seriously seven years ago, before that I had done it, but did not for any um, super long distances, uh, maybe like 10 miles at the most was all I had ever run even during in my military time i had done some force marches that were probably longer than that but as far as running goes i don't i don't remember running much more than about 10 miles uh, but anyway seven years ago i'm i'm starting out getting serious about it and and my version of serious back then was very misinformed so there are a lot of things that I was doing wrong. There's a lot of things that I should have probably had questions on if I, if I didn't, I think probably a hundred percent of the injuries that I had were just due to overexertion and improper form and, um, just really, really simple things to correct. Um, 
And it wasn't until I started questioning those things and um, trying to learn more that I actually started feeling better and started enjoying um, my time out on the trails. So point being, it's good to ask questions. Um, uh, on an, another another note, sorry, there's the cuckoo clock, and you can probably hear my dog walking around. Um, the dog gets a little, she doesn't understand what's going on when I'm sitting here doing the podcast because I'm talking um, to myself and not to her. And I think that makes her jealous, but also makes her curious so you're liable to hear her walking around and you're definitely going to hear the cuckoo clock and you'll probably hear some other members of my family at some point in time but um anyway i lost my train of thought oh yeah so um talking to this person um made me think of some of the other questions that i had or pointers that i could give to people just starting out because to be honest with you and not to be pretentious or not to um, sound cocky or whatever but you know striking and footwear things like that are are not even things that really um, they're kind of on autopilot for me at at this point Um, because I I finally got to a point where I kind of know what I'm looking for. I don't have to think about it too much in in regards to footwear. And then um, also running form, good or bad, is probably what it's going to be for the rest of my life. Um, I I think I'm set in in my ways um, as far as that goes. And it's been working okay so far. But yeah, so things that I would but the the deal is that talking to to this person made me think um you know there's a lot of things that I don't think about now that I thought about a lot or I should have been thinking about a lot when I first started out and so I guess I'll I'll take some time just to kind of answer some questions in case anybody's out there that has these kind of questions maybe doesn't want to ask or doesn't know where to ask or, or whatever so um as far as r- running form i think one of the best videos that's out there i believe it was sage Canada that put this video out and i don't know how old it is but it's on youtube somewhere you can find it but sage Canada and there was a female in the video but i i don't remember her name um in this video, both of them demonstrate uh, proper running form, and that's a great place to go and see actual experts and not take my word for it, because I'm nowhere near an expert, but um, to actually see what proper running form looks like, and um, hopefully you can get some use out of that. I used to have kind of like a standard blurb that uh, had a link to that video. I'll see if I can dig it up because I think it's in the site files for one of my old, um, or an old version of one of my websites. So I'll see if I can find that and I'll post that up. It was kind of like a a letter to 
um, runners that were just starting out. I'm going to have to edit it because it's pretty old and uh, some of the information I think I've changed my mind on by now. But yeah, the video with um, Sage Kennedy and and the other um, runner, the, the female runner, that one's good on uh, running form. So um, as far as shoes, like I say, I would recommend Ultras. Uh, that's what's worked for me. They're going to be durable enough. One of the things I look for in Ultra models is a Vibram outsole. And I think probably if there are any Ultra runners listening or trail runners, they're probably rolling their eyes. And... Um, you know, probably not seeing much value in this podcast at this moment because that's kind of like a known thing that um, shoes with V-Room outsoles are great for running trail. So um, I'm not trying to sound smart and I'm, I'm not reading this off of cue cards. I'm just telling you, like, I've, that's what I've used and found to work well. I get kind of bummed if... Uh, if I like a particular shoe model and it does not have a Vibram outsole, uh, they're, they're, that particular part of the ultras that I've owned, the outsoles, the Vibram outsoles are so durable. They outlast the, the uppers. Um, and they also grip like you wouldn't believe on trail. I've got, um, Right now I'm running in a pair of Ultra Temps and it's not the newest, um, I guess, version. It's maybe like a version or two back because it was cheaper. Um, I guess that's another recommendation that I can make for you. And so this is just really going to depend on personal preference. But um, I find that most running shoe models will go through... Um, several variations so in other words they'll keep reintroducing the same shoe model over and over um, across multiple years and they'll make little changes um, year after year most of the time the changes aren't significant enough to merit the premium that they will charge on the newest year's model so i would say if you're just starting out don't try to go for the latest and greatest if you can afford it then by all means you know to do what makes you feel best but most of my shoes end up trashed in a month or two anyways so at this point it's kind of like a uh a non-starter for me to purchase the most recent model for you know two hundred dollars or two hundred and plus um i'll just get a model that i like that's you know a couple versions back um but anyway so right now i'm running in the ultra temps and they do not have a Vibram out. So I think they would be perfect if they had that, but they don't. And so one of the things that is, I find curious about these shoes is, um, I don't seem to slip on trail. I run on hard, 
um, kind of lava rock and gravel trails mostly um, and a little bit of mud here and there uh, I don't tend to slip on those trails even the rocks that are wet and covered with moss or slime or whatever but um, I did notice that when I was on Oahu a couple weeks ago uh, I was walking down the street and I almost busted my tail several times uh, in these shoes so they can't grip I, I guess on the smooth wet surface but on a, a bumpy gnarly um, surface that would cut you up if you fell on it they they seem to grip well enough so they don't have vibram outsoles it's some kind of other proprietary material that they use for the the outsole um, but yeah that's that's what i'm wearing now the Thames. i like them um in the past i've also worn uh the uh lone peak which is a pretty popular shoe Again, that one doesn't have the Vibram outsole. It would be perfect if it did. I noticed in the advertisement that they've got some kind of, I don't know if it's new, but they were um, kind of uh, um, showcasing the the new out, out or the new sole material. So it's some kind of proprietary special name. It's not Vibram, but it's it's, I guess, Ultra's own blend of uh, whatever, rubber or whatever. Um, so maybe it's as good or maybe it's better than the, the old um, sole. I don't know. Uh, what was my point? Oh, so yeah, the Lone Peaks, I liked them a lot. They seemed, they were a little heavy, um, but as far as cushioning goes and comfort, great and they had the the nice toe box um, and they were pretty durable because they're I guess a thicker upper um, I'd also worn several times it's actually a shoe I think that was designed for like Spartan races obstacle course races so the cushioning is pretty minimal on these shoes uh, now the name of them is escaping my mind uh, hang on I'm gonna look it up and I'll be right back okay sorry about that I'm back um I actually had to go on ultra site and look up the name of these I've I've had I think I've had like five pairs of them um the king mountain so I've had different pairs different versions um and i I really like them for just daily running. I ran quite a bit for me, at least uh, last year. That's primarily what I was running in were the King Mountains. Or I, yeah, King MT. I'm assuming that's King Mountain. Um, but you look at them and you're like, eh, not much cushioning there. But the, the outsole is great. Like you absolutely can grip on anything and i believe that those are vibram outsoles on the the king mountains but i really like those for um longer ultras i had the olympus 
I don't remember what version. Um, and I also did another one. I can't remember what that one was called. Let me find it here. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. I don't know. Oh, maybe because I'm looking at the trail. Do, 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 do. Sorry. Uh, it wasn't the temp. I did use those, but this was another one. It was kind of like a more cushiony. Torin, that's what it was. I had the Torin. I can't remember what what version of that I had, but yeah. Uh, but primarily the King Mountains is what I used all of last year and the year before and the year before that, I think. Um, I really like those. So now I'm on the temp. I, I guess I just kind of like decided to experiment a little bit and try out some different ultra models and um, I like the temps so far other than I just can't wear them on wet sidewalks because I'll fall and break my tail. But um, but yeah, so as far as shoes go, you don't need the latest and greatest. I, I would say, you know, ultra all the way, at least from, from my experience. Um, so... To run, all you need is a pretty decent pair of shoes, um, something that will let your toes splay out, and something that will give you enough uh, cushioning to where your feet won't be killing you afterwards. Um, striking with your forefoot, definitely check out some form videos, and there's actually consultants out there. Um, I saw one when I was in Japan. My wife set it up, so I'm sure if they have it in Japan, they definitely have it in um, the United States too, and probably wherever you are in the world um, listening to this, you can probably find somebody that will teach you how to have proper running form, even if it's a high school track coach or college or whatever. Um, you can find somebody, Bob from accounting, or, you know, don't ask me because I, I only know what works for me. And I think I, I run like an old man. So, um, but yeah, so what do you need to run really and truly just a good pair of shoes and um, a good pair of shorts? I can't tell you enough the value of a good pair of running shorts. Um, so how do I put this delicately? If you have a bad pair of running shorts, you will know 100% that it's a bad pair of running shorts after the first time you wear it in a distance over five miles because your body is going to tell you in a not-so-subtle way. Um, good pairs of running shorts that I've had brand-wise... Um, were Patagonia. Um, I had, I think they're called Strider with the five inch inseam, the uh, Strider Pro, I think they're called with the five inch inseam. What do I like about those? I like them because of the fabric they're made out of. They dry really quick, they're lightweight, and they've got 
um, several pockets on them so you can put things inside um, I, I think that's what pockets are usually for but anyways these are different these aren't like the um, the side pockets like the slit pockets where you can put your whole hand in these are just on the kind of up around the waistband and you can put like whatever you want if you use gels you can put gels in there I don't use um, gels energy gels or whatever but um, I have put you know like bars and um, like nutrition bars and even when I um, finish with the flask you know like the Solomon little um, they're not rigid there's like a soft flask I can squash it up and put it in those pockets and then uh, carry on sometimes I'll carry a little uh, buck knife in the pocket too um, especially when I'm out on the trails where there's like wild pigs or you know wild people um, just to kind of I don't know look cool I don't know I don't know why I've never been attacked out on the trail I hope I never am by a person or a pig or whatever but um, sometimes I'll throw a knife in that pocket just for you never know you never know maybe I, I want to do some whittling um, while I'm running up the hill uh, at any rate so I like those and then also believe it or not I have a couple pairs of ASICs um, trail running shorts I have never been able to find them anywhere except for online even the ASIC store didn't know what I was talking about um, but these are just black shorts and up at the top around the waistband they also have a couple pockets and the thing that I like about them is that I can wear them for a big old long run and be totally fine chafing wise afterwards the the waist is elastic but it's not so elastic that it's constricting and um it's not so loose that they're falling down that i have to over cinch the um the little cord um, the tie cord or whatever which I did have to do and I had to start doing in the um, Patagonias after a while. And so now those shorts, even though they're good shorts, I still like them a lot. They're still um, structurally sound. The upper part, for some reason, I'm, I guess the elastic is wearing out. So I have to, or maybe, I don't think that I've gotten smaller. I, I by honest opinion I don't think I've gotten that much smaller since I bought those shorts but I have to cinch that waist down and the things are so weird they just hang off your waist by the uh, draw cord and so that's I, I guess you just have to experience it to understand it's just a weird thing to not have elastic on your waist and just having your shorts held up by a cord um, it, it's not a it's not a cool feeling or a great feeling so that's the only thing i really don't like about the patagonias but heck i still wear them because they're super expensive and um i you know i'm not really into buying a bunch of pairs of new shorts or whatever so um i just use what i got but yeah those two things um i 
I like. There may be better stuff out there. I don't know, but that that's just what what I like as far as shorts. So a good pair of running shorts and also a good pair of running shoes. Um, those are the big things that you need. Um, I, where I'm at climate-wise, I don't really ever need a shirt and most well i guess that's a matter of opinion um some people probably look at me and say hey why don't you put a shirt on um i remember when i was young and insensitive now i'm just old and insensitive but when i was young and insensitive i used to have a buddy in the navy and um one of the things that we would always do just kind of like an inside joke we would see people that look like maybe, you know, they needed to get out a little more, do some exercise. And our catchphrase was, Hey, you know, put some sweats on, you need to put some sweats on, put some sweats on that. But, um, now I think probably some people look at me and say, Hey, you need to put some sweats on that buddy. So the tables have turned and, um, now I'm the subject of, probably much ridicule uh, but much to the chagrin of onlookers most of the time in the climate i live in i um prefer not to wear a shirt one because of the uh, humidity and heat two because it's often raining where i live at it, it rains nearly every day so having on a soggy shirt I think is worse than just being wet with no shirt on. So, um, if you have to wear a shirt, I would recommend, um, I don't really have a particular brand, but I would just recommend something that is comfortable, not cotton, um, something that dries quickly and is not too heavy, like a real lightweight, um, synthetic material. And you're going to want to, this is sounds, uh, a little forward of me but you're gonna want to guard your nipples um, I don't know if this is the same for uh, male and female but for male for sure you want to throw some tape on that throw some tape on those puppies because um, they will be a hurting if you don't um, I guess some other advice too and I learned this the hard way uh, don't wear white shirts, especially if you're doing a marathon and don't wear light colored shorts, especially if you're doing a marathon um, because you it's kind of like poker. You don't want to show your hand. Um, it's just yeah, it's just not a good look. So probably dark colors are good for the um, bottoms and then. For the top just wear something that um if for some crazy reason your nipples start bleeding um it's not bleeding and onto a white fabric and embarrassing you in front of onlookers um unless that's what you want if that's what you want go for it um but yeah so as far as equipment that's pretty much all that you need need um something to hold water I usually run with a soft flask. Um, and so that could be a good thing or that could be a bad thing. I say all in all, um, the Solomon soft flask that I've had have been okay. 
the the more recent ones that I bought have been better than the first ones that I purchased um, you know a few years back um, they have a problem with developing holes where the they've kind of got like a thermal seam where they kind of like press them together with heat so I've I've had more than a few of those develop leaks around those seams. Um, that's my only bit, you know, bugaboo with those, but I like to carry them because you can um, squash them up when you're done with them, put them in a pocket, or you can carry extra ones, you know, if you're going to be coming to a uh, clean drinking water source or whatever, and you want to fill up. You can take extra ones with you and just smash them down um, and pull them out as needed. Uh, so I usually run with one of those uh, for short runs and then I'll take a pack for longer runs where I've got a hydro pack in the back and uh, a couple of those soft flasks in the front. So all in all, I think like about two liters of water. Um, I actually, I don't drink straight water. I'll usually put scratch in it if if I'm bringing uh, if I'm bringing water with me on a run. I'll put scratch in it just to replace the electrolytes. That's what I found ha works best for me. Um, you may be different, but um, for a long time, I I didn't feel really good, and I was you know running fine everything but i just wasn't feeling right and i think a lot of it was because i wasn't replacing electrolytes afterwards but i'm not a doctor so please don't um you know don't start buying up scratch and guzzling it because i'm recommending it but yeah so i think i've kind of strayed the the main point that i was trying to make is um, good shorts and good shoes and i guess um good socks the socks that I found to be most beneficial or I, I don't know beneficial most comfortable for me are um, Belega these are socks that are made I think in South Africa the fabric or the thread comes from North Carolina I think and they um, assemble them I think in North Carolina and South Africa. I could be wrong on that. One thing I do know is that they definitely don't assemble them or make them or any part of them come from China. Uh, so I have no real opinion on stuff that comes from China as far as this podcast goes, but uh, except for... Um, if you order these particular socks off of Amazon, be careful because the price is exactly the same as what you would pay for the actual socks. But when you get them, you're going to notice, it, especially if you have some old pairs of Belega that you know are legit, um, you're going to notice some differences in the um, packaging and the quality of the sock and also in the construction of the socks so 
be careful if you take my advice and order these Belega socks um, of purchasing them on Amazon because you may end up with um, knockoffs and you would have paid the same price that you would have paid for the actual ones if you went to um, a running store or purchase them elsewhere online. So Belega, that's what I usually wear. Um, for running i like those pretty well uh, so good socks good shoes strike with your forefoot um, good running form hydration hydration not just over watering yourself because you actually can i guess push electrolytes out or kind of dilute your um uh, i guess dilute your electrolyte balance if that makes any sense um, put too much water in your system uh, you need salt to survive your heart runs off of sodium uh, and potassium I believe and so you need that and salt also provides uh, some level of um, what do you call it like uh, fluid control within your body so you definitely need salt um, you definitely need to replace electrolytes. So scratch is my go-to. It was recommended to me by, um, an actual doctor. Uh, I'm going to mess up his credentials, but he, he is a PhD and his study, like his study is in, um, athletics, athletes. So, um, let me actually, <laughs> let me find his real, uh, information. Uh, if you want to see his company, it is Hawaii running lab and he's based out of, um, Honolulu. So let me Google this real quick. His name is Dr. Michael Garrison, and let me look at his background because I don't want to mess him up. So it's um, Michael Walls Garrison, PhD, and he received a BS in exercise science from the University of California at Davis. His um, Masters in education, I think, and maybe uh, maybe that's wrong, maybe that's wrong. But uh, the masters is in sports management from the University of Arkansas, and then PhD is in kinesiology from the University of Arkansas. Uh, and so he knows this stuff, and he was the one that recommended Scratch. And um, from my personal experience, I liked it a lot, but you can check out his information. You can also get, um, coaching services from him. It's, um, Dr. Michael Garrison and his site is hawaiirunninglab.com. So yeah, definitely check him out. But I said all that just to say that I didn't just pull scratch out of the air. This was actually one of several recommendations that um, Dr. Garrison made to me during a consultation that I had with him and it really helped um, 
or his advice in general really helped. But uh, anyways, so I guess that would be another thing. Uh, get with somebody that, that really knows what they're talking about and ask them your questions. Uh, Dr. Garrison is a great person to ask. Um, Google and YouTube depends on the source, right? So you can't take everything that's on Google or everything that uh, is on or everything that you Google or everything that's on YouTube has a hundred percent God's honest truth. But uh, if you get somebody that's got that much education and uh, sports background and kinesiology probably they're going to know a little bit of what they're talking about probably more than a little bit but um but yeah so ask questions if you're not sure for sure i i don't think that there's a whole lot of judgment in the running community um i think ultra runner my experience has been there's not a whole lot of judgment in that community either so i've had several people that um really shouldn't have any interest uh or anything to do with talking to me or (laughs) even existing on the same dimensional plane as as me um, actually take time out to give me uh, advice and even go on some long runs and kind of point out some things to me um that have helped me a great deal, you know, that I still carry with me today and use when I'm out on a trail that have gotten me through some, some tough times. Uh, so yeah, men- mentorship, uh, I forgot what my point was. So, oh yeah, there's not a lot of judgment, um, in most cases in the running community. It's, it's weird because when you're when you're out running, you're really doing it by yourself. I mean, it's a activity. It's kind of like life, you know. We surround ourselves with things and we surround ourselves with people, uh, but all in all, we're really kind of by ourselves. We're just distracted by everything else. So, um, agree or disagree with that running is kind of one of those things that you really are more or less up it's up to you like whether you're going to keep on doing it or um how fast you're going to go or whatever um but at the same time it's there's a eureka moment and there's mutual benefit i think in uh somebody that has advice to give giving that advice to somebody that has a question or is just starting out. So it's kind of a symbiosis. Like I, I like to help people that are where I was, um, just starting out and not knowing kind of what I know now. I've still got a lot to to learn, but, um, it helps me to be able to give that advice. Um, and, and it's cathartic for me. So, Um, I think that's probably the driving force behind people that helped me early on was, you know, hey, I'm going to give you the tools and let's see where you um, literally run with it. Uh, So, yeah, so ask questions. Don't don't fear judgment. 
because it, it's literally like your your health and your well-being on on the line so to prevent injury and kind of you know prevent some of the stumbling blocks of getting started definitely ask questions get opinions and um yeah you'll be good to go i guess the the last thing i'll say and then i'm going to cut this podcast short because it's getting kind of late and i gotta go to work tomorrow but um the last thing i'll say is don't be convinced that you need the next best thing to be the next best you you control how successful you're going to be in any of your endeavors um and what I mean by that is uh, you are s- all the influence that can possibly be made is made by you. So it's not really so much up to whether you have the newest shoes as it is up to your brain's ability to overcome not having the new <laughs> newest pair of shoes or not having your favorite song playing in your ear. Um, or not having, you know, X, Y, Z and on and on and on. It's, it's up to your mind and to push your body to get to the next level or do the next thing or do um, or maintain or, or whatever, however you're going to do it. You're the driving force behind that. So um, don't feel like you have to buy a new pair of shoes every whatever every week or every month or when a new model comes out or whatever buy them when they're worn out which is probably four or five hundred or we'll say three or four hundred miles for for most people in most shoes um you don't have to have fancy lights all over your body um i've seen all kinds of uh lights lights that go on your wrist lights that go on your feet i don't know what they were thinking like that would actually stay on your feet i don't know maybe they will i I never tried them but um i can't think of what utility those lights on your feet would have they would be bouncing everywhere and i don't see how it would help you see where you're going it might i don't know like i said i never use them but um you don't need a bunch of shirts you don't need a bunch of shorts you don't need you know this and that and such and such you don't need to put a lot of stuff into your body right so don't go to gnc or wherever this i don't mean to pick on gnc don't go to any place well basically i don't want to get sued but don't go to any uh any store and start buying up uh, nutrition or supplements and stuff and just like putting them into your body because you're going to try to kickstart something into motion. Okay. If you do go to GNC or you do go to some other store and you're going to purchase supplements, make sure that, um, or nutrition, make sure that you take your time, ask somebody that maybe has already used these type of things, um, Maybe consult something other than Google um, to get some information on things before you start putting it into your body. And and most of all, maybe start seeing what you can do on your own without all this stuff. Don't try to kickstart things because easy come, 
easy go. Um, the main point of what I'm trying to say is you don't like there's no correlation between the money that you spend on stuff to make you better at running and you actually becoming better at running. So in other words, you could spend a bunch of money and still be terrible because you don't get out and actually do your trial by fire. Like you don't, uh, you're not actually making your endurance better or, or improving upon your physical abilities. You're just buying a bunch of stuff. You're just accumulating a bunch of stuff. You're, you're, the only thing you're making better is your idea of what you think um, a good runner would have. So you get all these gadgets, but you don't really need them. You just need to get out there every day and grind. Um, and so grind for some people could be a mile. Grind for some people could be a marathon every day. There, believe it or not, there's people that do that. If you want to see a guy, look up Cameron Haynes or look up uh, David Goggins and check those people out. But, um, you know, do what works best for you. You don't have to have a bunch of fancy crap to run. There's not going to be a lot of judgment. Um, and if people do judge you, then, you know, just brush them off. But I've not ever experienced that. I can honestly say I don't think I've ever experienced judgment from another runner. You know, at the very, at the most, all I've experienced, and I'm kind of this way too, are people that are, that run because they want to do something, but team sports are not really their thing. Um, it's kind of uh, catharsis, and um, it's kind of what works for them. So you may run into quiet people that don't talk a lot, right? But most of the people that I've come in contact with have been super helpful. And um, I think that I've benefited in many ways from, from running and the people that I've met doing it and the experiences that I've had. Um, so, yeah. So that's just a little piece of kind of my beginner's advice. I hope that that somehow has um, melded into one uh, congruent linear train of thought. Uh, if you made it this far, thank you for listening. And hopefully I will be back soon with uh, another podcast. I'm trying to get this into a routine where... Um, it will be more routine uh, and not so sporadic. But, you know, one if it's not this, it's, it's not one thing, it's another. So I'm always uh, trying to do life. And then um, I also want to do this too. So it's a situation of so many things to, to do and um, not that much time. So I'll be back. Thanks for listening. Um, hopefully you got some benefit out of this. If not anything more than just to laugh at me and, um, yeah, but anyways, uh, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.